Fish Pier Perspectives is a podcast from Vessel Services on the Fish Pier in Portland, Maine. Hosts Alan Tracy and Mike Foster discuss issues related to commercial fishing and the working waterfront in Portland and regionally. We welcome feedback and suggestions and invite listeners to visit our website or our store. 5% of all online sales go directly to support fishing organizations. Okay, here we are again. Fish Pier Perspectives. Alan Tracy and Mike Foster. But coming from you live from our car, not from the Fish Pier for the first time. Remote. So I don't know how that will affect the quality, but we're just going to give it a shot here. And we're in the car because we're on our way back from the Boston Seafood Show on March 14th. And... uh, First year we've gone to the seafood show. How many years? We were trying to figure that out. It's like, been a couple of years. It's been two years. Two I mean, years obviously they canceled and rescheduled the show. And, right, because you know. of COVID, it's been yep. canceled. And the Boston Seafood Show, for you know, it's definitely one of those kind of trade events that you know we go to, even us, even though we're not directly involved in selling seafood. But there's a lot of stuff there, a lot of good stuff that we like to see. And it's really, this time of year, it's, it's the Boston Seafood Show, and then, of course, the Maine Fisherman's Forum. Yep. Now, the Forum was canceled again this year, and I, does that make three years in a row? It's three years. Is now. that right? Three, three years, years in a row? Yeah. Yeesh. Now, the Forum did do a couple uh, remote or virtual. Like, I, I, was, I was on one about the uh, Northern Gulf of Maine scallop permit holder season, big informational session they, they ran. It was through the forum, and it was virtual on a call. But um, but the forum's been canceled. And then the seafood show's been canceled for probably two years. And this is the first year. And yeah. so we went down. It was good to be back. What was the biggest takeaway, however, from the Boston Seafood Show this year? Biggest takeaway from the Boston Seafood Show was... The food samples were not <laughs> as numerous as years past. Man, oh man, oh man. You can count on that. That was that was one of the reasons to go, you right? You did not leave hungry. That is that for sure. That was one you, of the you, reasons you ate to your go way through the show. To the Boston yeah. Seafood Show. Yeah. Yeah, was, there was everything from fried catfish to, to octopus to shrimp and uh, fish, anything you wanted. Anything. And this year it was slim pickings. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> that was the biggest takeaway, at least the immediate takeaway, because like I say, usually you go and you know, you plan yeah. that. There was some. Yeah. But hard, um, hard, hard to determine whether what was that, the best. Uh, what was the best that you sampled out of all? I, the sh- I gotta tell you, it was a uh, fried piece of cod in a, in a, in a batter, a handmade batter. Oh. It was great. Right oh. up there with the fried shrimp cake. Yeah, I was, like the shrimp fried shrimp cake. That, that was, that was, was good. The highlight. It was pretty good. I had a crab, um, I don't know what you would call it, some kind of like a goulash. <laughs> I don't know. But it was, it was a, it was crab, like kind of like what goes in crab rangoon type of thing, but without yeah. the yeah. fried thing on the outside. And that, that was good. That yeah. was good. And then I had this, okay. they had this uh, crazy, this Zupa Depeche sample. 
bowl with pasta and clams. And yep. That was pretty good. That um, wasn't bad either. But, yeah, just wasn't the, the what you're used to seeing up and down the aisles and, you know, try this, try that, yep. salmon. Oh, yep. my goodness. And uh, people were talking about it, too. We weren't yeah. the only ones. No, they weren't, no. <laughs> we were not the only ones that noticed. But anyways, okay. That's, that's, that's... But the Boston Seafood Show is, I guess, one of the premier seafood uh, trade events in the world. I, I know there's I a... believe it's labeled still as the largest um, seafood show. I know in there's the world. a big one in Europe too, though. Yeah. I don't know if it's in Belgium. I, there's a big, big show as similar. It might even be done by the same, you know, diversified communication puts that on, which is a main company. Yep. Um, puts that on. Anyways, I know there's a big, big one in Europe, but this is huge. This is held at the Boston Convention Center which is just enormous. And, um, of course, it's, I believe it runs for three days three total, days, and yeah. it's a real convention, um, including, you know, breakout information seminars and sessions. Yeah. I'm sure they have some kind of a keynote speaker or something. Yeah. We don't really do that. We go down to, to the exhibit hall. Um, yeah, and I, I would say the floor space is roughly divided Around 60, 70% seafood, yeah. uh, you know, uh, sellers. And then the rest of it is equipment and kind of related industries putting on their, their displaying their wares and services. Right. So that's probably pretty close. You know, 60, 70% is straight seafood. And of yeah. course, you have representatives. I mean, this is a truly international yes. community. Yeah. I mean, enormous representation from Asia from Latin America, really each country you'll see has their own representative, um, like areas, like yeah. you'll see Argentina's area. Yeah. I saw Brazil. Yeah. I saw Canada, you know, Canada, obviously America, you know, the South, like yeah. Louisiana and Florida and that has yeah. their own area. Of course, Maine, Maine, Maine lobsters is represented. Although this year we, we, I mean, we saw a couple of the folks. Yeah from from our neck of the woods but um didn't see a lot of it maybe no. we missed it i don't know we were looking yeah. um but we didn't see everybody we expected to yeah, see that's right and again yeah. it's kind of a weird year but i didn't feel like the the convention was any smaller no this year did you year, no it didn't no, it seem like it was like any smaller was i mean it was, it was it as was, big as i yeah. remember i mean yeah. it is big and uh right i mean they'll have things from um they had this year they had like an aquaculture tank of shrimp shrimp to like show how the shrimp are like a contained. like a container sized aquarium type yep. of thing they had king crab i mean enormous king crabs in, in yeah. a tank that was pretty cool um and then of course just the fish laid out of all different types farm wild caught um and people you know set up so that for business to be done Tables, yeah. people in suits, people wanting with clipboards and wanting to make deals. And, you know, everyone's in a sales mode. And yeah. it was great. Yeah. Now, we spend the majority of our time when we're not grazing for the samples of the seafood, like most people are doing, um, in the, um, what would you call it? Like the trade area? Yeah, the trade. Like there's a lot of yeah, suppliers yeah. and uh, equipment. equipment. Yeah. And so that's what 
our particular interest is when we're down there because that suits, that fits into our business a little bit better. How would you categorize what, what's there? I mean, there's a lot of different things. We, one of the things we remarked is how many software. Yeah, there was a lot of software. Yeah, there's a lot of and software and for like a tracking, lot of tracking fish, and uh, traceability. Traceability. Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, you know of that new technology being applied to to that yeah. to, the, to the seafood. A lot of that traceability and the the, the you know order fulfillment. All of that. Uh, all right. of that was there. Yeah, uh, a lot of equipment, a lot of processing of equipment, which is typical anyway. That's right. Um, it does seem like a lot of that equipment is becoming more accessible uh, as far as the processing of the, the descaling or the filleting. A lot of that, like, you know, a lot of the quality uh, packaging systems, uh, the, the vacuum sealing, the cryo vacuum, a lot of those machines, a lot of that automation equipment is there. That's right. In the in, in the the actual equipment, like you say, you know, stainless steel and the belts, and you know, this one takes the head off, and this one cuts it, yep. and this one, uh, and then then of course, something that we stopped at, and we had numerous conversations, was on the um, the flash freezing equipment, yep. something that we're we're kind of interested in in our our space, and we had a number of good conversations with folks about that equipment and uh, the different options there yeah. which we think i think we think you know you know what one of the reasons this year was a little different for us is because we are actively seeking um complementary uses for our business you know as fishing kind of changes um as we re- reconfigure our plant we are going to have space we are freeing up space that is an active that's something that we're actively doing and to add um, whether it be services partnership or whatever because the fact is we just don't need the scale of ice storage and making that we've had historically and so one of those things that we're kind of interested in is is this idea of, of flash freezing and that is something that we think could have a place in our fishing community, which really does not exist right now. And, you know, freezing fish historically has always been thought to be an inferior product, but that has changed dramatically recently with with this um, flash freezing technology, whether they use CO2, whether they use nitrogen, but you're rapidly bringing down the temperature of the product and therefore the quality of it in its frozen state remains very, very high. Because when you just freeze things in your freezer, it's a slow process. That's right. Crystals form, it breaks yep. down the flesh. I mean, there's all kinds yeah. of science. Yeah, it dries connected. out the yeah. product. And that's why it always tastes terrible when, yep. you, when you do it. Flash freezing is totally different. You're, you're, you're sealing in those water vapors, as I understand it. Yep. Modules are freezing rapidly, which has a great deal to do with preserving the quality of the yep. flesh and, and this and that. But anyways... That's something that in our community really could have a place, I believe. And of course, it's one of those things that, you know, each individual fisherman is going to get their own blast freezer. But if there's one available and they can bring their stuff to it. That's right. They could all could benefit exactly. from you having access to it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's something that would be up our alley. So we're kind of investigating it. And we had a lot of those conversations and the different options that exist with those. Um, 
what else did we see? Anything else that you found particularly of note? Or we had a lot of good conversations. Yeah, a lot of good conversations. There, there was, there was some, you know, vendors there talking about fish quality beyond the the, the freezing, but the protecting uh, bacteria, inhibiting bacteria growth and right. uh, cleanliness of the equipment yeah. and uh, the technologies involved in that which are purifying the air surrounding and the surfaces. So that was interesting. There was some good, you know, informative discussions surrounding that as well. Yes, that that is a thing. And, that, you know, all, everything connected to, like, HACCP and clean spaces yeah. Yeah. and sanitation yeah. about, you know, food processing areas. And you're right, a lot of it has to do with that, um, like, ozone air purification, so the yeah. whole space. And then even, even more basic things like drains. I mean, we talked to a guy about drains and the floors, which is a, one of the basic requirements of a, of a clean space, a food processing space. There has to be um, drains on the floor, depending on what you're doing, so that when you do a wash down, everything kind of can collect into a, a certain area. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of conversations with packaging. You know, there's some different things happening there about, in our case, it's, it would be for ice, kind of more disposed not disposable packaging but like um using fish boxes and things that they do shipping with for our purposes of delivering and storing ice and things yeah. like that there was quite a bit there was some some couple of innovations and then the cold chain in, de- in general like how do you track your product um and, and ensure that it it has remained at temperature. That's right. That's something that we deal with with some of our customers, right? Who do a lot of the shipping. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to make sure, like, obviously, it's it's not hard if you're shipping a frozen product. It starts frozen. You want to make sure it stays frozen, and the end user will receive it, and they will know whether it's continues, whether they whether it's frozen, whether it's frozen or not. That's right. Yeah. But if you're doing something more refrigerated. Um, it's hard to determine. It's hard to determine what that, you know, it could have heated up and then it could have cooled back down again. Yeah. I mean, I guess that could happen with frozen stuff too. But um, And there's technology. Like one of the conversations we have with this company had little stickers. Peel on list, peel and stick, lay, kind of stick label. That, yeah, that yeah. you activate by bursting one side into the other, then it turns a color. Yeah. And that, at the end, you they'll, that will tell them whether... It's remained at temperature. That's right. If, if at any time during its entire course of transit, whether or not it, it had, you know, yeah. I mean, that's kind of low tech. Yeah. Of course, there's much higher tech where, where you feel if you're dealing with like, you know, biomedical stuff, like there will be sensors, like digital sensors, digital trackers that yeah. go into the box yeah. because it's so critical to yeah. know that, um, you know, things have remained at that temperature through the whole transit process. Um. And then there's things like trucks, right? Like for trucks, delivery trucks, refrigerated trucks, trailers. Had yep. a number yep. of those conversations. Um, yeah. What else? Who else did we talk to? And what else did we see? Oh, the thing. Oh, the drone. That was one oh, thing we got kind of close yeah, on the, the drone. Yeah, the, or, uh, what do you call under, it? The rover. rover. I call under, it underwater drone. Underwater rover. Right. Yeah. So, so that was, was uh, cool. underwater inspections and. Uh, you know, expecting moorings and buoys. Yeah, we almost and bought one of those. Of we came close. He almost had us. Yeah. He almost had us. If it had the capability to cut rope from a weave, from a 
developer would yeah, the shaft. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have been a no-brainer, but uh, it lacked the ability to be able to do that. It was more of inspection and, yeah. and really just kind of uh, viewing kind of. But basically, know. it's an underwater drone. I mean, yeah. you put it in the water, you have a joystick. Yeah, we were operating it. We had the screen. Yeah. You could turn the lights on. It has propellers, and you just move it around to yeah. see whatever. He had it in a tank. If <laughs> you're we driving it around. Yeah. Um, and he had a show special, and we almost we almost got one of those. We almost got one. We thought we were trying to think of the, you know. I haven't ruled it out completely. The, the application gotta, yeah. of something like that, like you can see if you have like a mooring company and you have to inspect the chains. And we also thought like aquaculture, like if you have an aquaculture lease with stuff in the ground and you want to be able to look at it, that's really yeah. Like we have, there's plenty of needs for like divers and things on our fish pier, and there's they're there, but they're they're doing like they're they have to take out, like, usually has to take rope out of the, the wheel, out of the propeller. Wheel, yeah. I mean, that is by far the most common yeah. reason that people need to get under the boat. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't see people really inspect. I mean, if you got to no, expect, I feel you like got to haul, haul that, out. you have to haul out. You got to haul. Boat, if you're gonna really do a survey, really do you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna have to haul the boat yeah. out. Plan maintenance and surveys around hauling them. That's yeah. What they do. Yeah. So, I mean, those are the things that. Um, but it's, but it's a big show. It's an enormous show. Um, very uh, international in, in feel. And, of course, a lot of the... Um, oh, one of the other... I thought another good conversation we had was with, um, you know, the boxes, the storage boxes. You know, people are pretty common on the waterfront. They see the exactics, what everyone calls an exactic, which is the insulated large plastic storage tubs that people use for... for bait and ice and all kinds of things. The guy we made a connection with, he was selling, they were uninsulated boxes, which therefore they were a little bit less expensive and they had a little more capacity because they didn't have the, the yeah. thicker wall. Yeah, arguably slightly more durable. Arguably more durable. They looked, they looked durable. And the question was whether there was a place for that. Yeah. In, in the community, you know, and there could be, there could be. Oh, what about the guy with the? <laughs> Again, there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, we're just on yeah. top of our head. What about the guy with the with the sensors, the, the the fishing sensor, the like the the we we started talking to him because they were promoting it as bycatch reduction. Yeah, and, and the bycatch they were referring to were more of in the along the lines of dolphins and uh turtles and you know that kind of undesirable bycatch right um as opposed to specific species uh for ground fish for example it does nothing right. to, to so to so as he will, you know we kind of went on a little journey with him but he was we started talking about it was an acoustic right yep. because that's what mammals respond to yep. and the by attaching those on the nets and things it signals to the mammals whether it be whales dolphins or i think seals too he was yeah to stay away like it said you know and you know clearly they felt that that worked which makes sense makes sense and then we started talking about there was another one for turtles that turtles, was more was a visual that was a more yeah, visual that, that was, was a, that flashing, was a flashing beacon of light that, that kept turtles distract away. turtles away. there's no question that turtle bycatch is a major problem in certain fisheries yeah you know the tur- turtles are a protected species and uh you cannot catch turtles in any kind of fishing equipment that is a 
major, major problem. Yeah. And then there was the sharks. So oh, and then there was, was the shark. shark. How did that one work? Yeah, the sharks was a uh, electrostatic uh, perimeter around the actual uh, 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 unit that would that slid on the line, and that was to avoid uh, in long line and in, in, in for example, tuna uh, fishing applications where you would slide on the line and the electrostatic atmosphere around that would deter the sharks and that would really affect their central nerve system and avoid any shark uh, yeah i thought that was interesting because we, then we were asking he didn't know whether that would work for like dogfish right. i guess it would i mean dogfish are sharks right yeah yeah and you know i was thinking about like the gill net you know that's a major problem in the summertime yeah where the gill net, they cannot fish because they because that's when the dogfish are there. That's right. And they get they fill and tear up the nets. It's a major major problem. I mean, guys stop fishing with the gill nets because yeah. of that because there's so yeah. many dogfish. And you wonder, anyways. But then we got distracted then, from that because then <laughs> then we were like, well, what's this? Or I don't know how we came to it. But I mean, the guys like we're like, yeah. He's like, yeah. This is for lobster and crab fishing. He's like, in this one we put in there, it's got this light. And we're like, well, what does that do? He's yeah. like, it brings in it brings in the krill and the small fish and then the bigger fish. Yeah, the krill and the plankton and that's what attracts, the small fish. And that attracts the lobster. And we're like, well, so what does that work with the bait? He's like, no. No. It works instead of bait. It eliminates bait. <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> and we're, we're crazy. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, it's proven. And it works with batteries. It was with the two AA batteries. I mean, come on. And so we come said on. to him, we said, listen, <laughs> you've got to send us a dozen He's going to send us some. And we want to see we're gonna if they work. Them. We're going to give them some And he kept people. correcting us and saying, no, it's like, not a matter of if they work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's proven oh, to yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be amazed, and I'm going to send and you these. And we're like, what? and we said. And you hang it like you had to hang a bait bag. That's right. Right? And with no bait in the trap, you're going to catch more lobster. More lobster. So we said, send them along. <laughs> We've on. got a couple people in mind. We're going to put them right out in their traps, ask them to use them, and uh, Isn't that see something? what they'll do. See, you never know. You never know what you uh, I guess we should check with DMR first. It might be that might be a prohibited. That might be a prohibited. I mean, stop, what do we know? Uh, Maybe that's already been, that. Maybe, been there, done that. Maybe that's why he, he questioned whether why we hadn't been using them in Maine. Well, we, then we were like talking about it. We were like, well, I mean, I mean we've never even heard of that. I mean, what do we, I mean, maybe people have done stuff, similar stuff to that. That's right. But we were like, well, maybe we don't have the right kind of krill or something that yeah, therefore, and that was, therefore ta- attracts the fish. He was, I don't know. He was shocked that we weren't aware that people use snap glow sticks in lobster traps to catch lobster. Maybe, we didn't, maybe they do. You know, maybe they do. Maybe, maybe we we're the ones. We just don't sell a lot of snap sticks, uh, you know, to maybe, lobster. Maybe yeah, it's us. Yeah. Well, we thought that was that was an interesting. That was interesting conversation. So that'll be a good follow up. Um, good oh follow-up. yeah. And then as you go around, you know, yeah, talk to anybody. They want to zap your badge so that they know how to find you. And, yeah. You know, so that we were that we were talking so about for that. The next so now, two weeks, yeah, we'll, have, so we'll be just a flood. <laughs> we'll be of, inundated with calls about things that we were interested in when we're standing there that yeah. we're not interested in. Yeah. But, you know, we had to talk about, the, you know, the slurry ice discussions. You know, we always seem to talk to them. Um, it's just a, uh, it's an invigorating show. You know, you go down to Boston and, uh, you know, you don't, yeah. you don't spend, you know, you don't, it's, it's tiring. 
to be honest with you. Yeah, you're really, it's a good chance to have a big people down people are, they want to talk, they want to hear about what yep. you're doing, they want to connect. Uh, and yep. we definitely in past years have had people come through, right? When yep. they know where we are, we say, hey, well, let me tell you when I'm coming through or my, yep. my rep will call you. Um, yep. You know, we were talking about different types of machines we were interested in having made for different different purposes yeah um it was uh it was good it was good it was good to be back there but you're right you know we were talking about earlier like you know it's kind of the same stuff it's it's all the seafood and again our you know to be fair our our interaction with the seafood side of it you know sometimes we talk about bait i did not see like icelandic bait this year no did you no like that's sometimes we talk about that like redfish guys and things like that i did not see them yeah no i did not either then we could have missed them i mean it's huge it's huge but like lunds was there we just didn't stop to them which we usually do um you know the seafood you know it's just overwhelming you know how many you know what do you you know, there's nothing for us to really talk about, you know, importing shrimp or something like right. that. Yeah. It's just not, or, or farm salmon or tilapia or catfish, even catfish is represented. Yep. Um, I mean, it's everything. It's all there. It's everything. And again, yeah. now that side of it, usually it's because you're sampling it all. Yeah. That was not the case this time. Um, but on the other side of it, kind of the, the trade or equipment side of it, um, it was pretty much a lot of the same stuff. Like I said, I think that software was a little bit more represented than I remember. And yeah. you know, again, we didn't have much to do with that because it's just not, you know, we were, we're we get focused on things that interest us, like some of the packaging stuff and some of the equipment that we're yeah. considering adding, you know, certainly ice making and delivery and anything like that is up our alley, which we Make connections but even some of those people we didn't see this year but yeah you know they rotate through and again after covid you know who knows what yeah um you know because they, they literally they have canceled the, the show for the last two at least yeah two years um the other thing we wanted to just add on before we wrap up um beyond the show is just um you know again we haven't done a podcast in, in a while but um, you know, this year the lobster price was record high. The lobster catch was was was, was solid. I think it was over 100 million pounds. Certainly, the valuation of the landed value of lobster was at a record. I believe yep. they declared yep. it was a record. And even since then, which usually those numbers are announced at the fishermen's forum, so after the new year. Um, but even since then. The price of lobster has absolutely skyrocketed, even beyond. That's right. It is something to watch. You know, we we're hearing uh, fishermen talk about getting over thirteen dollars a pound for their lobster. Have you even heard? Have you heard? That's higher than thirteen, thirteen fifty have been the highest. I mean, that is the those are historical numbers. Last year they were talking about eleven, and that was incredible. Yeah. This year it's thirteen, and it's really worth. Um, noted because for instance just you know kind of my own empirical observation like I happened to be in the mid coast this this weekend and um, went to a seafood place that you know it's a real down home seafood thing and the first thing the woman said to me when I walked in she said we don't have any any of the lobster on the menu 
you know, like I was asking, you know, bisque, no, no lobster, no, any of the lobster products can't get it too expensive, can't hold it. And we're hearing that a little bit from our partners, our shipping partners, people yeah, who yeah, rely, shipping partners. you know, who are doing the value added, who, who buy a lot of lobster, who process it into, you know, the kits and they're selling it online and, and the price of lobster. And you can imagine $13 a pound lobster is going to create like $50 lobster rolls. I mean, what, what how much of the lobster rolls? And again, it's the winter. It always goes higher in the winter. But last year, $7 a pound persisted through the entire summer. That's right. Yeah, and so never it did. really starts to become an issue about, like, the storage of it, holding the product at a high value if the value changes. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but, you know, because certainly, you know, the fishermen are getting paid more. That's the bottom line. But the whole rest of the chain of supply and holding, you know, there's a whole system of lobster being processed and then frozen and the meat and, the, you know, available at different times of year. It's um, it's definitely something that's worth keeping an eye on um, yeah. because it's, again, it's a, that's an unprecedented precedented price. Yeah, and, and it, it, it trickles down to the point, like you mentioned, the, the cost of a lobster roll. What is the ceiling that people are willing to pay oh, for, for a lobster roll? Oh, definitely. Is it $50? Is it $60? Is it $70? Because with those kind of prices, and uh, you know, if they go much higher, if they do, that's realistically what a really good lobster roll could potentially cost. Right. But, of course, that will create its own pressure, downward pressure on the price, because people just won't. They won't. Like, like I say, I mean, one of the best things, like this restaurant I happen to go to way up in like Damascata area, it's like they want they don't have lobster. I mean, this is like lobster central. This is like on the coast. And they're just like, yeah, we're not, we don't have it. It's too expensive. Yeah. And I was like, what? You know, they had everything else. Yeah. I thought I was really surprised at that. I mean, these are, this is the type of place that has relationships with individual lobster and, and they're just like, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, and we definitely are hearing that from other places, too. So it's something to, to keep an eye on, and we'll see. But anyways, hadn't done a podcast in a while. I don't know how much interest <laughs> interesting it is to hear our field trip out to uh, the Boston Seafood Show. But that was uh, what we did today, and um, we just wanted to, to record that. Yeah. So there you have it. All right. See you next time. See you next time.